Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sage Advice Podcast with your host, Sin Sage. And I have an incredible guest with me today. I'm so excited. She has so many awesome stories. I can't wait to hear some of them. Uh, Autumn <laughs> Bodell, please, can you uh, introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about you know, kind of who you are and what you do and those things. Sure. Hi, uh, my name is Autumn Bodell. I uh, primarily do fetish modeling, but occasionally I'll do um, girl, girl or slight adult. I also do health and wellness. So I uh, want to throw that in there because I think that's a big thing with today. And uh, that's it. Traveling yeah, the country well in an RV. <laughs> That's right. I'm like, trust me, we're going to get into all that stuff. So, so definitely I met Autumn uh, around, well, gosh, I guess it was more than 10 years ago at this point. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Cause I was in, I, I had traveled out to the Jersey area to do some work uh, with some people out there. And then I got a gig with guy who does photos, beautiful, awesome, glamoury style photos. And he was like, I also have this other model here. Do you want to take pictures with her? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And we took <laughs> just these really beautiful, sexy, erotic photos that I, I love and treasure. And then it was 10 years later. So we yeah. hadn't, we didn't really talk or, or work together in that time period, I don't think. But no. then... So I went out there, uh, would have been last January or January before last, something like that. Time gets mixed up in my head, but <laughs> I was out in um, New York, New Jersey, and we met up again. It's 10 year anniversary of meeting and took more pictures. Yes. We did wrestle together though, didn't we? Did we ever wrestle together? Oh yeah, I think so. Yep, we, we did do did. that. Yeah, we for, did work with her. Yeah. For Spectrum, uh, Spectrum Wrestling yes. Customs. Yeah. Yes. That's right. That yeah. too. That too. And then, um, but definitely since this last photo shoot, I think we spent oh, yeah. more time together while I was there. And then it was more communication. And then we had you, uh, you came out to Vegas and we shot some fun, sex, sexy things. And Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So that's a great place to sort of start because... Yeah, it sounds like, you know, most of your sort of on-camera career has been uh, erotic photo shoots and fetishy stuff. Was that always like a boundary for you as far as, I mean, I guess you've always done girl-girl as well, but you kind of had a boundary there with boy-girl. And yeah. yeah, maybe you can talk about that a little bit, like w when you first got in, how you were feeling about certain types of work and then how that's evolved uh, over the years. and. Stuff like that. Okay. Um, so when I first got involved, I was a little nervous about having somebody see anything because, you know, my family didn't know what I did at the time. And I was still a little bit intimidated by that. And it's such a harsh industry when it comes to other people's opinions and stuff like that. So I kind of just wanted to keep it light with the fetish stuff. And then I would be in and out of relationships and whoever I was with wasn't okay with it or... You know, my family did find out about everything. So then it was like, all right, well, who cares what I do now? They already know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Ripped off that band-aid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then again, you know, like I said earlier, I was with relationships, so they weren't okay with it. And now I'm single, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> 
but I am very selective, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I still do want to focus mainly on my fetish side. Um, right. I want that to be my main thing. And then, you know, people that I know, people that I'm friends with, I'll dabble in, um, more adult stuff with them. So. Yeah. Like content for your only fans and stuff like that right. is maybe where, yeah, you're starting with more of the explicit stuff, but then right. it's going to spill over into your clip stores and all that too. Yeah. Yeah, if point. I could do, um, yeah, like like right now I'm starting to do like face sitting hand jobs. Um, believe it or not, like I've focused a lot of my career on foot jobs, but on my own store they don't sell. It's yeah, weird. it's weird. It's weird like <laughs> I, I I have been told by people who are pretty strong foot fetishes that I have like nice feet. And then I make foot content or foot customs, put them on my stores, and like they never really sell. And you no. talk to a, a lay person, and they're like, "Oh yeah, fetish is what like foot fetish," and I'm, that's like the number one thing that most people think of when they think right. of fetish. And it's like actually, you know, it's it's very niche. Um, and so yes, I mean, there's plenty of foot fetishes out there, but it's like not for ev- it's not the best selling fetish for every single one of us, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And I've been doing foot jobs my whole career. It was actually the first job I ever did was a foot job. Yeah. 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 That's how I and that, started. <laughs> and that's hard too, because uh, like for me, foot job stuff, even if it's just a dildo or, or, you know, my partner's penis or whatever, it's like, okay, from behind, it's easy. Like if I'm laying on my stomach and my knees are bent and he's just fucking my feet all day, all day. But like oh, for me, love to be, it. yeah, yeah. but for me, like leaning back and like using my hip and thigh and leg and core muscles to like do it it's, with both my feet. Oh my God. Two minutes. It's next. a workout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a workout and I'm not good. Um, I personally don't like the way I stretch my toes. I mean, I've worked with some women before and they're their feet are like hands, you know, like yes, they can, same, you know, it's mm, they can like wrap their toes and their feet. Like they bend so yeah. much. And yeah, <laughs> I don't have that. I don't have that. I don't either. No, no. I just have really <laughs> high arches. So yes. Well, they look beautiful. You have very nice. Thank feet, you. But But so I, I do think too, sometimes when, again, when you talk to the general public about fetishes, uh, that they kind of have this picture in the mind that was like it's foot or it's like BDSM, like whips and right. chains and stuff. But in our careers with fetish, it's it's not that. So can you talk some about the types of fetishes that you do when you're talking about just fetish? Like you have different clip stores for different types of fetishes. Yeah, yeah. So um, my my first store that I started off with was feet and tickling. Um, and I kind of, it was like a hodgepodge of everything. Yeah. Um, And then I learned to like separate things more. So I started a second store. I have a really long neck and that is a big seller for me. So Mm -hmm. I do a lot of neck fetish, vampire fetish. Um, It also being that the neck is so next to the armpit, I also do armpit fetish as well. So that became one store. And now I just started another store, which is face sitting, um, scissor holds and like more type wrestling type stuff. Yeah. And so it's funny because people will talk about scissoring and it's like, (laughs) generally they're talking about like lesbian tribbing, uh, which here's another little PSA for all of you out there. When two, uh, you know, vulva owners rub their vulvas against each other, the technical word for that is tribadism. 
So tribbing uh, is, yes. is a technical term, uh, but you know, the sort of slang term is scissoring, but scissoring also is a wrestling term when you exactly. squeeze somebody, somebody's body between your thighs, um, could be a <laughs> neck, could be the body, whatever. So yeah. And it's a huge, uh, it's a huge wrestling fetish thing for sure. It's also a breath play. Yes. Because they, yeah, they like to have like that circulation and the air cut off. And I don't do yep. knockouts. I don't do knockouts, but some people, I do get requested for a lot of it. So, but I say no, yeah, for I'm sure. not comfortable with it. It is very, uh, it's very sketchy. It's a little nerve wracking when it's all faked, then it's, you know, it's fine, but it's yeah. also difficult to sell anymore on the clip stores. Like there's all these rules around it and yeah, true. Yeah. Even, yeah. even though it is all play and fake, it's still just like one of those rules they've decided. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't have a pendulum, a necklace, yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa. So, <laughs> so minute. Now it's like, all right. But, yeah. uh, but the other thing that, you know, the listeners definitely can't tell by listening is that you are also a very tall woman. I am. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm five, <laughs> I'm five, nine. Yeah. Five, nine. And you have, so you yeah. have this long slender neck and this tall, gorgeous body. Uh, and I the long legs. Yeah. You got, you are just, you got fetishes all over you. You got sexy hot <laughs> fetishes all over you. <laughs> I am a walking fetish. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the thing too, when you're talking about what you do, uh, you know, what you do for a living and all this stuff, you, you, it seems to me that you have lots of different things that you, you're kind of a jack of many trades and you're yeah. an, advent, an adventure baby like me. Um, you like to yes. travel. And so you were recently um, even doing like welding, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was a welder for two years. I bought a welding machine. So now I have it with me when I travel. I just have to get a uh, yeah. a generator. I need a generator. Right. So, so but I can rent them wherever. Yeah, 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 wherever you are. What made you like? Were you a trap? You know, they call them like traveling models. Sometimes is that what you sort of identified as, or still do? Perhaps? I don't know. Um. So yeah, I was a traveling model. Um. Now I call myself a nomad. Oh yeah. Because I do. I do everything on the road. I mean, anything from welding to health and wellness to modeling. So now I've, I've just gone full blown nomad. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go back to the traveling model in a little bit, but I think you need a home in order to be considered a traveling model. And I'm still. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, your, your home is your RV. Yeah. Because. That was the thing too. Like when I would tell people sometimes, you know, oh yeah, like my husband and I, we were living in a van for three years and I've had people look at me and gasp and be like, you were homeless. <laughs> and I was like, no, it was intentional. Uh, houseless, yeah. not, not homeless. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, right now my, my, uh, my RV, my home is being, um, infested by mice. 
No. That's my new thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, yeah, I'm going uh, to, as soon as I get off this uh, podcast, I'm going to be working on that. So <laughs> that's, what, that's what my day consists of. Well, you were, uh, you had it parked for some time in the desert, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do not park. And, and I, I didn't say- check the bottom. I didn't check mm-hmm. the bottom. So yep. it wasn't, now I have all little holes in it. I got to, I'm going to yep. move it today. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of little, um, a lot of little creatures. Uh, well, it's a lot of, uh, upkeep and maintenance, you know, yeah. a, a road, yep. a road vehicle, but you know, my, my mom used to live in the Southern California desert. And when I would, I'd leave my van parked there for years sometimes. And then, you know, I'd come back and be like, let's, let's go in it again. And it's like, oh, it's riddled with like, you know, squirrels have chewed up all this stuff down there and you got to replace all these <laughs> hoses and whatnot. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I may thing. be, I may be calling you as soon as we hang up the podcast and be like, Oh my God, Sin, help me. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about your sort of entry into sex work in general, because we talked before about the fact that you were a stripper for a long time and I love mm-hmm. stripper stories and questions so 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 how did you um like what was your motivation to start dancing and where where did you do that I don't know why but ever since I was little I've I, I knew girls when I was in high school like or middle school and they were in high school and they were dancers and I was like oh my god I don't know I just had a fascination with it and then about two I was I guess 20 I, I was traveling with the Renaissance Festival because I worked with them for about three years before I finally went on the road with them. And mm. I went I went down to Houston. Well, the, the TRF, Texas Renaissance Festival in Magnolia, we went there. We were living there. And I would drive to Houston on the weeknights because the Renaissance is only on weekends. So the weeknights, I would go to Houston. And that's where I started dancing. So yeah. Gosh, what years would that have been? I bet it was so good. <laughs> yes. Oh man, that that pre nine eleven strip club. Right yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, you're not kidding. It was amazing back then. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. funny because I guess like in the sex, uh, sex. I was also a bartender as well, so that was also another area where it took the decline last, you know, like everybody needed us. So, you know, they, they needed the strip clubs even more then. So it did take a decline, but it was like gradual, you know, you saw everybody, all the rest of the economy struggling a little bit worse, I think before you saw people. Yeah. And Um, how, how long were you dancing for? Oh, you could put me on a pole today and I'll dance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love dancing. Yeah. The last time I actually was at a club dancing was um, up to COVID. Yeah. Yeah, I I felt like that too. Like I was really trying to get, um, like I was just trying to get more feature gigs to to Mm -hmm. dance at a place as a feature. Um, and then COVID happened and then I was, and then when they started opening up strip clubs again and I was like, I don't know about that. And like now, now it's like, I go, I've gone to concerts indoors with tens of people not wearing masks. And I feel like I've had like three or four vaccinations or whatever. Like, I, I feel like it's just like a flu shot at this point. I've also had the COVID one time and yeah, you know, it was, it was fine. I mean, 
it sucked, but also it was fine. I was lucky. Yeah. This. <laughs> but yeah, just the concept of like going and giving a lap dance and breathing directly into a stranger's face and him breathing directly into mine. And like, I was very uncomfortable post COVID yeah. concept. So yeah. that's totally understandable. <laughs> Plus, I just, you know, I mean, I love the entire job. I especially when I first started, it's one of the best things that I think I've done, believe it or not. Um, yeah, for, oh, for I myself. Yeah, yeah, for myself. Um, but now I, I really just I love the pole, the pole dancing. So yeah, there's um, right now it's so easily accessible in like gyms and like, mm -hmm. you know, like, like school locations type places, you know, so oh, mm -hmm. like, uh, I'll be going when I go back to Vegas today. Um, I'll probably hit up a, a pole studio. While I I'm know one that I would definitely recommend. Um, because I went there a few times and I know one of the instructors there. So um, let me hook you up with that when we finish this recording okay. too. Because sure. <laughs> yeah, they're great. <laughs> they're super great. Oh. And that's what I've been looking where I'm living now at, at for a pole dancing uh, classes gym as well. And there's one yeah. not too far away. So it's just a matter of getting off my my butt. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to yeah. call myself lazy because I do a lot of shit, but like I don't do a lot of like physical activity shit. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, you <laughs> snowboard, you snowboard and that's physical activity. So totally. And I love it. But if I get to do it once or twice a year, then, then yeah, I'm lucky. It's yeah. expensive. <laughs> it is very pricey. It is a very expensive yeah. hobby. Yeah. But uh, but you just mentioned how, you know, stripping was one of the best things that you ever did for yourself. Can you expand on that a little bit? In what ways? Yeah. Um, so when when I was younger, I was um, sexually assaulted for years. So I kind of became very um, timid and I didn't speak up for myself. Um, especially yeah. a lot through like high school and stuff like that, you know, middle school and high school when like, you know, guys are all little horny dogs, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, and a lot of things I was just like, all right, I'm just going to go with the flow because that's what I was taught. Exactly. So when I did start getting into dancing, I realized I had a security guard who would kick out whoever touches me, you know, like, yeah. And I have the right to say, like, get this guy out of here, you know? So it yeah. actually gave me a voice to actually learn how to, like, respect my body. Yes. God, I hearing that, it makes my heart swell. Yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I think for a lot of people who have had trauma in their lives, uh, especially sexual trauma, they have found kinks and the kink scene or the kink community or the sex worker community and various aspects of taking one's own sexuality like back into their own hands and and you know I, I feel like it kind of like cliche the word gets thrown around a lot now anymore about this type of work being empowering but I mean it, like you're just this great this perfect example of how it kind of taught you how to take your voice back and that you deserve to have a voice and you deserve to um, be the one in charge of your own body. Yeah. yeah like, and protect myself. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I think that we need to hear more stories like that because sure. it helps to destigmatize our, our industry and um, you know, the work that we do in general. So mm -hmm. 
Thank you for sharing that story. Oh, my pleasure. Plus, you know, we all, I like to consider it a community where we have each other for supportive, you know, like I could call you for anything, you know, like it's a very women, it's a very open in general type of community. So, you know, we have each other to support each other when we, you know, have our moments or whatever. And uh, that's another plus, you know, a lot of my best friends are in it. So. Yes, exactly. I feel that way too. Um, And especially when I was living in Vegas, because it's not, uh, it's not huge the way LA is. It's, it's like Gia, um, it's not geometrically, (laughs) geographically, geographically (laughs) small uh, area. And so dense with sex workers and porn stars and stuff Yeah, that you do other things. So you get together and you shoot some content and then you go out to dinner or you go to like a food festival um, right. and you all meet up together and stuff like that. So it was just really, I felt that sense of community more strongly than I had previously. And then just thinking about it and being like, you know, yeah, I can call on any of these people and they relate to me and they understand me and um, would understand what I'm going through and vice versa. Like I love to be here for, other other sex workers you know as support and it is just like a uh, it's satisfying in a way it's it's like you can feel the love in your tummy i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> the way, the way I'm you know and especially for us what it's you know the world really can get us down sometimes you know yeah. whether it's banking yeah. discrimination or you know, housing discrimination or all, all of the various ways that, you know, our Instagram account getting shut down for the 10th time. Right. Like, <laughs> at yeah. least we have yeah. each other. We can relate to each other about how You're right. know, shitty that stuff is. <laughs> and then there's also that, um, that pineapple support group too, which is really Yes. Good. Pineapple support. Yeah. Uh, it's an amazing industry resource uh that gives you that provides connection with therapy that's essentially like what you can pay kind of stuff and um especially with with again all the difficulties that is kind of specific to sex work uh it's nice that 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 exists for us so yeah so if you are a sex worker if you happen to be a sex worker and you are in need you don't have money to you know pay, pay for expensive therapy and stuff like that just uh google pineapple support and uh, get signed up and, and you can get some some support, some help. Yep. It's all about that mental health. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so was it like a transition for you from uh, stripping in the club to modeling for fetish work? Or how did that how did that go? Um it was it was actually rather easy for me because I was a nude dancer a lot. Um, topless yeah. and nude is in Houston, so being naked eventually became second nature for me. Um, so <laughs> same, you know, yeah. A lot, like you put clothes on me and a camera in front of me, and I didn't know what to do. You know, <laughs> like, you're like, so like, I take them oh. off now. Yeah. What, what is this? Yeah, like pockets? You mean I could pose with these? Like, no, nah, I just, just let me. <laughs> this would be a lot better if they were on the floor. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I have so much more I can do with my clothes off. So yeah, I um and as well, I don't know if everybody else knows, but like most of the um the modeling jobs when you first start when you're a newcomer to the industry, um, the clothed ones you didn't really get paid for, and the nude ones you definitely got paid for, you know. So yeah. I was easily right into the nude scene and the fetish scene. Um, and so it kind of like skyrocketed and then I started getting comfortable with clothes on and now I'm great, but (laughs) yeah, it goes like the opposite direction. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So what did did you, did you, were you on like model mayhem or did someone hit you up in the club or like Craigslist or how did you get your first gigs? So uh, this one girl, she was more adult than myself, and she she hooked me up on my first. Uh, well, she told me about Model Mayhem. I was mm. I was. It all started off around the same time, um, but I did the Model Mayhem as well as um, I started doing. She didn't feel like going on a lot of her fetish gigs because her gigs were mostly adult, um, yeah. or or things that like I wasn't especially in the beginning, didn't even know existed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she sent me on, you know, a foot job one. I think mm. the first two were, were foot jobs. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Jumping I, I learned right in the, the deep end. Right in the. Yeah. Well, it was also like, I didn't, I was like, yeah, I jerk somebody off with my feet. How hard could it be? You know? And then I learned how hard it was. <laughs> hard it you know? <laughs> yeah. I used muscles you don't use. Yeah, uh, I couldn't walk the next day. It was so hard. I was like, oh, my God, I have to walk up a flight of stairs. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I didn't know I had these muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, so. we make this stuff look easy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Not, you know, it's a very under under – estimated undervalued you know everything in you know the behind a camera yes you know it's insane (laughs) studios have like multiple you know like they have the manager the lights the camera the editing you know we're like a one-stop shop you know right yeah so um, just us yeah yeah Yeah, Art. I did a I did a scissor holds shoot yesterday and the you know the the producer was very like he's like no actually like squeeze me as hard as you can and choke me as hard as you can and I was like okay then and um yeah. so I'm doing it with my legs and he's like you can actually go harder and I'm like I don't think I can <laughs> <laughs> but and then so it was like last night in bed and then this morning and I'm like why are my legs like on fire <laughs> oh right yeah yeah Actually, that's one reason why I'm starting to get more into the wrestling and the the scissor holds and stuff like that is because I want to start, you know, I need an excuse to have to work out. And that's like an athletic, you know, so I was like, I got to do this more. And I have such a great ass. It's really, you know, I got it. It is. Oh, my God. It's so good. And delicious. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) It is. I mean, yeah, you just got to. You got to take advantage of your assets. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so uh, then and then everything just kind of snowballed up from there, huh? I became VIP on Model Mayhem. Um, You know, one producer introduced me to another producer. So, you know, I started off 
I was just doing jobs in New Jersey until I learned about Pennsylvania and then Connecticut yeah. and Boston, you know, and then I mm-hmm. started traveling more. And and then once you do start traveling, you just have to keep traveling, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the back then, I used to work myself. I mean, I would work from 8 o'clock in the morning until midnight, and I would just Ooh. be like shoe after shoe. And now the the past few years, uh, I've learned that you need to take time for yourself and trap. Like if you're traveling, go out and sightsee, you know, yes. you can't make it all about work. No. So. And also just, I mean, I mean, you know what? It's just all of us are different individuals. We all have different levels of energy and stuff. But I mm. remember like, you know, going to FetishCon back in like, I don't know. Oh, nine, 2010, whatever. And it's like, I'd book every slot that I could. I'd do an hour yep. shoot, wrap everything up, walk over to the next shoot, do another hour, like boom, boom, boom. And it's just crazy to think about that for me now, because when I, like, I just got over, I just got done with three work days in a row and they were not like super intense work days, but I was fucking exhausted at the end of <laughs> each day. Like I normally can't fall asleep till two thirty in the morning, and I think I crashed out before twelve thirty on Friday. I was, oh. like, <laughs> and I was just that like, is so really tired, right? Yeah, <laughs> <For> me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so just just thinking about just thinking about hustling like how I did back in the day, like dragging my rolly bag like from room to yeah. room. Yeah, I, I just makes yeah. me want to take a nap right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not just that too, but like we put ourselves through such more like body demanding type of work back oh, then, yeah. I think too, oh, you yeah. know, like I really tested my limits. Not that I, you know, not that I slack off now or anything, but it's, I also know what my limits are. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's, you know, in the beginning you're like, okay, I haven't done that before. Let's give it a whirl, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, or it was like, definitely in the beginning, it was like, oh, sure. You could tie me up in these elaborate ties and put my arms this way, my legs that way and suspend me. Like, yeah, it's exciting. It's yeah. Fun. And it totally was. Yeah. Um, but I'm just definitely at the point now where I realize, like, I'm, <laughs> I've got my arms over my head, my, my head bondage for, I don't know, two minutes. And I'm like, how much longer? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You mean you want to put me in a hog tally? How long? How long? Yeah. Don't put anything hard in my mouth. Um. Right. (laughs) I'm like, okay, for how long exactly? Five minutes? Okay, I'm timing this. (laughs) You get five minutes. Yeah. Uh But, you know, that's just, uh, it's part of getting older too and and all those things. Yeah. I'm totally okay with it. It's l- luckily, there's other things I can do now that I couldn't do totally. in my 20s. So, right, right. <laughs> it's <just laughs> evolution of a human being. And there's different avenues now opening up. You know, there's more avenues every day with um, some clothes, you know, like we were saying, Instagram shutting us down and stuff. But, you mm-hmm. know, we were around before Instagram. We're, oh, we're yeah. going to stay around, you know. Now yep. there's OnlyFans, there's loyal fans, there's, you know, like, so there's so many different aspects to, um, to introduce more work to. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's nice. You don't have to make yourself do anything you're not comfortable because there's always somewhere else you can go to do stay in your comfort level, you know? Yes. Yes. So yeah. So you've been, you know, you've been involved in the industry for quite some time as well. And, um, when I was younger, I would never, I would never say that I did things that I didn't want to do. Um, I certainly wasn't pushed to do things I didn't want to do. 
But I do think that right now it's like you said, there's just, there's so many ways of working for yourself that are, can make you a living and a good income that it's like you, now you don't, you know, before it did kind of feel like, well, I've got to go do this shoot. So even if I'm not super thrilled about it today, it's like, I need to, because this is how I'm making my living. Whereas now yeah. it's like, well, I could, or, or I could just hop on cam or get on my OnlyFans live or hustle over here on my own computer and probably make yeah. the same amount of money. So it's nice having that control, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's even, you know, like, as we're saying, like when we were younger, we would do tighter bondage, you know? Yes. And at the time I would sometimes not, not make my, I would accept jobs even if they were tight bondage. Right. You know? Um, I wasn't forced was, to do it. Right. Nobody forced me, you know, but, but it, I knew yeah. it was going to be physically challenging. Yeah. So now, and now that I'm in my forties, damn it, you know, like yeah. <laughs> I feel, and you know, I don't like to use agent as, as, as an, ex look at, there's a lot of women out there that are oh, limber yeah. oh. <laughs> or totally ripped or extremely yeah. strong or yeah, yeah. very flexible. Yeah, sure. I mean, I just got done saying I got it. One reason I'm getting into like scissor holds and wrestling is because I need to get my body back in shape, you know. So mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm not trying to get it in for tight bondage, but you never know. Maybe I will get back into it. You're like, hey, yeah, whatever works. And if I if I want to, I'll have that as an option. You exactly. know, that's the great thing about our industry is you can always yes. always stay within your comfort levels and be happy and find something right. to do. You know? Yes, exactly. So. And yeah, and not only it's, by the way, just so listeners understand, uh, you are not out of shape. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> far from it, I would say. No, um, no. Yeah, no, I'm happy. I'm happy with my body. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like a stunning statuesque uh, tan. And I don't know, you just, you, you smile, you smile, you, you're glowing. You know, you're just, <laughs> you're just amazing. So let, let me start way back at the beginning now, all the way back okay. at the beginning. All the way what back. Is, what is your first memory of sexual entertainment? Like what, did you discover a box of porn out in the woods or like when, when did you, what was your first porn? My <laughs> first actual porn would be walking down the train tracks that I grew up on and seeing Playboy. Yes. Dirty, <laughs> dirty Playboys with pebbles stuck in and rain damaged pages. And yeah. And yes. it was funny because like I'd look at all these women and um, they were so beautiful. You know, like I never really, you know, was one of those people. I was a tomboy. I wasn't up until about, you know, middle school. I, I was very self-conscious of my boobs specifically. But um, why? 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 Yeah. <laughs> my nipples are shaped like um, I call them raspberries. Okay. So, you know, when you look at Playboy and you see all these like beautiful, you know, voluptuous women and like they have very like you know, quarter dollar with like the little nipple that pop, you know, like I thought that's what they were all supposed to look like, you know, but yeah, yeah. Mine, mine don't look that way. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it is, you know, to this day, it's pervasive um, that what kind of 
uh, I hate to even put it this way, but when we say like rises to the top, but it's not that it's what, let's say it, it gets pushed to the front page of Pornhub, let's say, is, (laughs) (laughs) is a specific type of look. So yes, the perfect nipple. And well, of course, see, I even bristle up against the word perfect because I think perfect is extremely subjective. Yes. But we'll we'll talk about maybe I don't know the flawless labias or whatever like the small vulva yeah. that's super pink the edited and, right the edited, the edited stuff yeah and yeah. so I'm and I I was you know I I still do kind of push back a little bit against people being like well porn made me think that like my vagina was ugly and I'm like well I've been in porn for so long and I have encountered so many different pussies. And yeah. I've seen just a wide range, a, a rainbow of colors and shapes and flaps and, you know, yeah. you know like yeah. all kinds. And, and you know, I myself um, used to have like a different looking butthole. Um, and I was so self-conscious about it that I did get surgery. <laughs> but, you know, after after like 20 years in the, in the industry. But, um, but uh, what I say is like, no casting person, director, producer. I have never been turned away because my vulva is like more red than the rest of my body and my butthole had yeah. this like extra bit of skin on it. Like never once was it like my pants came off and they're like, oh, wait, 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 call the shoot. Like <laughs> only <laughs> tiny pink labias are allowed here. Like that just, that's never happened. But right. again, it is that thing where it's like, you know, Playboy, of course, is sort of like the the airbrushed standard, you know? Right. Yeah. And And, they were the cookie cutter, you know, they mm -hmm. were very unique looking specific type of woman that they wanted, especially back then. I mean, we're going back to like the seventies and the eighties, you know? Yes, exactly. So yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, and back then, especially it was just like, we're fixing this exactly how we want it to look and, and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So, you know, it is true that what gets pushed to the front of, you know, Pornhub and that's where most people are just getting their, porn is that type of thing. And then, you know, people get a complex about, well, mine doesn't look like that. Mine doesn't look like this. Is it wrong? Is it bad? Uh, Especially like, you know, with younger people and they're talking about the innie versus the Audi style of like vulva. And I'm just like, what are these kids even going on about? Like, you know, like, okay, so yes, there's a difference. But if you are a person who has sex with women, and you see a particular vulva that makes you say, nah, then like, then go and masturbate for the rest of your life, please. Because yes. I, like, I, like, I don't, I do not care what it looks like. I want it You're in right. my face. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, I, and, and it's it, it goes for all, it goes for all sex organs, like yeah. whether penis, vagina, you know, like yeah. nobody's I, one thing. So I think. I think with like body dysmorphia, when you look at something, you it's an insecurity and you already have that insecurity. Porn didn't put it there, you know. Yeah. Um, but it can help like, to make it worse or whatever. It can, well, I mean, any anything can help to make it worse. Um, yeah. But it also, porn also makes many things better. People people learn different positions. People like learn to be more intimate with each other, you know? Um, So, you know, there's definitely more positives about it. I think there's more positives too. And that's the thing what was getting to, I guess a little bit is like, 
if you can get yourself out of the front page of Pornhub and if you can, right. like, I feel like porn is really a celebration of differences in bodies right. because, you know, so even when I was um, younger and stuff, and I remember feeling still insecure about like my own body and the more I worked in porn, the more different shapes and sizes of bodies I saw being successful and being popular and winning awards and and making money. And that's what mm -hmm. really led me to believe that kind of like, it doesn't matter so much no. what my body looks like. And stripping taught me the same thing. Like, I yeah. remember, so when I was younger in my younger stripping days and people would always be like, I tell them what I did. And they're like, oh, there would be two things they'd say. They'd either be like, oh, wow, that's so cool. I would do it if I had a nicer body or yeah. I would do it if I could dance. And to both of those things, I would say, those are not things stopping you from doing this. Right. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. Like you do not need to know how to dance. Girls get up on no. the stage, hold the pole with one hand and walk in a circle around it. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not really about that. And then right. the body size thing, I was like, I have worked with super, super skinny girls all the way up to really round, voluptuous, big booby girls. Like, I mean, everything yeah. in between. And yeah. that's really not, it's not your body that's making you the money in there. I mean, and right. it's not your dancing style. So if you are a very, very good dancer, you can go up on stage and make good tip money on the stage. But where I was dancing in Southern California, like good tip money on the stage would be like, if you pulled in 10 or 20 bucks on stage, like that was amazing. <laughs> but you're, you're making the money from giving the lap dances and you get the lap dances by talking to men. I was just going to say the gift of gab is yep. what you really need to have. You know, yeah. I didn't, a, a girlfriend of mine and I, like, I was, a, I was on that pole. I was working it and I was killing it. I loved pole dancing. Okay. Yeah. And I'd, I'd be the one walking out of there with like 20, $30. Yes. This girl literally did not know a darn thing on the pole. She literally just shaked her ass and walked back and forth in front of people and she'd yep. go home with hundreds of dollars. And I'm like, how do you do this? Like, <laughs> and it's all, it's all the gift of gab. You know, yeah. if it's, in, if you, if you can say it and you believe it, then you're going to make it. Yeah. And that's it too. Yeah. You believe what yeah. you're saying. You have to. Yeah. And then they'll yeah. believe you too. Yep. Yep. And so I feel like it's really all of this stuff is really about overcoming your own insecurities and your own self-imposed limitations. Like if you've mm -hmm. decided I can't do that because I don't have the body for it, that's a decision that you've made in your own head and heart. And you can change that decision. You know, yeah. if you have other good reasons, then those are other good reasons. But just convincing yourself that you don't have the right look or whatever. I don't accept that as a good reason because no. there's, again, there's just this variety. And then especially now that everyone's a content creator, it's like, we can see who's out there thriving and it is people yeah. of all shapes and sizes. So yeah. there's really nothing holding you back from if this is something that you know you want to do or you want to celebrate, like you have to get over those hurdles in your own mind. And yeah. I think once once you do that, you will see people celebrating you for who you are. That's Absolutely. how I see things and look at things. <laughs> <laughs>
No, but you're not wrong. You know, everything is yeah. really your state of mind, health, body, soul, like everything is yeah. your state of mind, you know? Oh my gosh, totally. So. Yeah. So, so when you were looking at those Playboy magazines and you were saying like how beautiful these women are, were you saying that in the sense of like, well, I would like to be these women or were you like, I would like to be with these women or was it a combination? <laughs> um, it was probably a combination. It was, you know, just admiring the beauty that they had um, and their courage, you know, like I couldn't mm -hmm. imagine being naked, you know, especially, you know, like for people to see, <laughs> you know, like, Specifically yeah, so I was, for people to see. yeah, yeah, you know, so, you know, there was, a, there was a, and like I said, like, before I got into dancing, when I was in high school and middle school, you knew who, like, the older girls, like, the seniors in, in high school who danced, yeah. you knew who yeah. all of them were, you know, and I'd see yeah. them in the hallway, like, you know, freshman year, and I'd be like, oh, my God, that's her, she's so pretty. Oh, yes. <laughs> And was there this, this spark inside of you that you felt like, I want to be on that stage before, you know, like when you turn 18, I'm going to go do it. Or was it kind of something that you had to, um, like you were nervous the, the first time or. Oh girl, I was nervous. I wanted to do it, but I was nervous. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, yeah, I, because I don't know how to dance. I'm one of those <laughs> girls that do not. For the sure. reason I became a, such a good pole dancer was because I didn't know how to dance on the floor. Um, ah. But the, yeah, but the thing that got me in Texas, um, they do do a lot. Of, oh, God, girl. Dancing in Houston was te Texas is amazing and Florida yeah. and Vegas. But um, mm. they they were doing like acrobats and I was a gymnast. So I was able to oh. do that. Yes, yeah. you already had the leg up if you were a gymnast. Yeah, in heels, yep. no less, you know, right. like doing back bends and everything yep. in heels. Oh, God. But um, <laughs> yeah. so it was it was but it wasn't like a dance routine that I had learned through a school, you know, so it right. was the whole getting naked part was totally um, I, I was shaking probably the first like week. Of, of dancing yeah like the whole eight hour shift but I you know people like that as well you they know do. you can it, always and I tell all new girls I'm like you hold that fucking new card yes. as long as you can yes. how long have you oh I'm still new here oh I'm still new like keep girl, saying you're new for the first year yeah <laughs> oh yeah so what was when you did when you did finally go uh, for the you know at the first club that you were working at did you go were you working with people that you knew from outside of there like were yeah so um with the renaissance festival these two canadians came down with me and yeah. um i worked with them and they were they were like hey we're gonna go into houston and try stripping do you want to join us so i was like done let's do yeah. it yeah awesome yeah yeah. So yeah, we all, we all went down together. We all danced together for a while until, until I came back to Jersey. So. And so were the girls at the club, like, what, what was that like for you? Cause I remember anytime I'd walk into a new club, I'd be so intimidated and worried that they were going to be like 
catty and hateful at me and stuff like that. And it depended on the club. Every club was different. Sometimes they were, sometimes they were amazing. But was anybody yeah. kind of like, was anybody kind of like mama bearing you like, or taking you under their wing? Did you get any of that? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did. I did get the, um, oh God, girl, this was so in Houston, you have clients that will pay your whole month's rent. Like mm, the one day nice. they see, you know, like they're, yeah, they're, they're big spenders. And, yeah. and again, this was prior to 9-11. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but there were these, there was a group of girls around one girl. And that wasn't, that wasn't a good time. You kind of just minded your own business, did what you had to do and get back out on the floor. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, at the same time, like I'll never, one girl, Kelly, me and her became best friends. She was great. There was, you know, we, we, there was a yeah. click that we, that we got into and yeah, yeah we, uh. And depending, you're right, depending on the club, like, like the one club I worked at in Houston had like over a hundred girls working a night, you know, so you didn't really, yeah, yeah, it was huge. And you could come and go. Yeah, it was, it was huge. Uh, But then, you know, you go to clubs in New Jersey and there's maybe like 20 girls working a night and, you know, you have the, uh, the ones that you get along with and the other ones, but they were all fairly friendly clubs you know Good. it wasn't um, yeah I didn't I don't have any horror stories other than my very first night with that one little group of girls but yeah other than that I haven't really experienced any hardship stories you know well I really love that for you but do you yeah. mind telling me about that little group of girls what they were surrounding you that first night and being cunty or they were, was a different girl? They were they were surrounding another girl because she sat with somebody's customer. Yes. So oh let's just say the heels were off and in their hands, you know. What? Yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah. That's super yeah, it was, dangerous. It was, it was, it was not, um, it wasn't something. Wow. And that was your first night dancing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're like, okay, wait, what did I get myself into? Here? <laughs> right. But so tell me about Jersey dancing because it does, I, I feel like you told me that you actually worked at the famous Sopranos Bada Bing. I did. Yeah. 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 Um, so Tony owned a few clubs. Um, I originally went into one of his other clubs and um, I started dancing there. Now clubs in New York and cl- or clubs in New Jersey were different because you can wear a bikini mm-hmm. so you don't wait have to be, do you mean like where while you're giving a dance yeah you, yeah so in jersey you either have bikini bars where they sell yeah. alcohol yes. or naked bars where they don't sell alcohol that's so, california um, too that's how california is also okay and so that's why like All my right. first club ever was nude because i was only okay. 19 i was barely 19 um, and worked at okay. a nude club. And in California, the difference really, it feels very different. At the nude club, everyone's very quiet. It's not really like a party atmosphere. It's right. like, who's getting a dance? It feels kind of creepy and weird. And then, yeah. <laughs> but, and like, I would never make, I'd try these topless clubs that sold booze, but like, I would never make good money there because I didn't have giant tits. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what I chalked it up to. Uh, I mean, I'd always do my best, but like the girls that had the big boobs, they were making more money in the booze club. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. similar thing. Of course, you have like incredible natural tits that are 
big and perfect. Well, now I do, but when I was, <laughs> when I, you know, when I was a cigarette smoker, I was, I was skinny as a rail, you know? Oh, I, uh, Including yeah, <laughs> Inclu- yeah. I-, I went from like an A B cup to like now I'm a, a definitely a C, maybe yeah. a D cup. Yeah. yeah, like a full perky C. Like yeah, yeah. They're they're well that you know they're I I quit smoking like maybe four four years ago now. So five. Congratulations. Years Thank you. So yeah, I mean, if that like entices anybody to quit smoking cigarettes, I would say do it because your tits and ass get like ten times bigger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't used to the style of dancing in Jersey. Uh, I was oh. used to like a real production. Um, I mean, I in Texas, like I said, we were doing back bends and gymnastic work and yeah. pole work and stuff. And New Jersey really wasn't like that. It was kind of more like a, hey, let's kick back and get personal with each other. And you really had to be a good talker in Jersey yeah. Yeah. to make money, you know, yeah. which I, I'm not. So I got myself into <laughs> bartending. Um, and then once I started bartending, I wasn't allowed to dance there anymore. So if I wanted to dance, I had to go to one of his other clubs, which was when mm. I went to the Bada Bing Club. Yeah. So, yeah. And I got this is during before after uh, the show. After, <laughs> what like after the Sopranos? Oh, <laughs> it was definitely during. I don't know if it was before the sh- the show. Um, but it was around 2001, 2002. So I'm not sure when. I feel like I feel like it was right around that time. Yeah. And okay, but, I, but they I, they never filmed there while you were working. No, they didn't film. My friend is in the show. She does all the conventions with them. Oh, cool. Yeah, they they definitely were doing it, and then they did um, definitely. <laughs> afterwards, they would do uh, like a busload of tour, like a like. I mean, grandmothers and kids and everybody would get on this bus and they'd stop by all the like soprano locations. And the Bada Bing Club was one of the the spots. And of course, you'd you'd be on stage and, you know, there's like a whole busload of people just walking through of all different. I mean, obviously over 18, but just all different. It was like 18 to 90, you know, like (laughs) women and men, you know. Oh, yeah. But. But in the in the TV show, I think he they expo- they have that as like a top, either topless or nude. But in reality, it's a bikini bar. Yeah, you see titties in the show. I think it's part of the uh, allure. Yeah, <laughs> the HBO <Yeah>. show. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So have you have you danced in clubs all over the country, or is it primarily like Vegas, Texas, Jersey? Um, I did New York City. I did mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Uh, the most intimidating, uh, God, I went to Florida and then those women can dance in Florida. Mm-hmm. It was rather, yeah, I was intimidated. I mean, when I saw a girl climbing a pole upside down, yeah, I was just, I was like, what the, I, I ain't got shit on these women. Like, <laughs> it's just gonna, you know, mind my own business. <laughs> yeah. But I feel with, well, it's hard to say it now, I guess, but. I, I almost did that upside down pole climbing thing. I, my, I had a really? friend who could do it. Yeah, because if you get to the, the, you know, the thing where you're face, you're upside down facing the pole, holding yourself up. Yeah. And you can kind of like like spread your legs and then close them, and then you can hook around and you can do that one leg hook thing where you like arch back. Yeah. 
Okay, so you go back, you're facing the pole upside down, holding it uh -huh. in your hands, and then you just kind of like, you like inchworm. You yeah. Like, <laughs> you like push with your arms and you grab with your, um, you know, the, the toey part of the, your heels and you kind of like yeah. push, push pull. But she was a smaller person, so I feel like that kind of helped her. She was like, no, you don't think no. So? I think anyone okay. can do it. I think anyone can do it. It's the, yes. it's the upper body strength primarily. And you have and to the yeah. practice. You just have to practice. Yeah. 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 For sure. And the upper body strength is probably where I've been like lacking the most lately. So Same. I definitely need some work there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the thing, you know, when I was doing it, you know, three to five nights a week and getting up on yeah. stage multiple times a night and watching the other dancers. I mean, I learned all the tricks that I knew literally just from watching other dancers do it and then trying it. Yeah. There's a part of me that wants to say like anyone can do it as long as you're like trying it often enough and practicing often enough. But then there are these things that these girls do sometimes where they're like, they're bracing the pole like behind one knee and then like in front of the other knee and then they let go and they're like sticking out horizontally from the pole. And yeah. I'm like, I, I think my calves are too thick for that. Cause like I can't even <laughs> grip the pole between my calf and my thigh. You know what I'm saying? Like it's too much. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why are they doing this? Why are they just being glue? You know what's really awesome? I um I just went to see uh, that Michael Jackson one Cirque du Soleil show. Yeah. And they have they have pole dancing in it. And she's oh. amazing. Yeah. And like to, to see like where dance, yeah. like common dance has, you know, like pole mm -hmm. dancing was like, oh my God, you could, you, why are you learning pole dancing? You know, yeah. and now it's like, now it's like in Broadway and, you know, shows like that. And it's, I just oh, think yeah. it's beautiful because it's, it's a talent to, oh my God, especially when you get to that level. Like this girl, mm -hmm. she was amazing. She yeah. was absolutely amazing. Have so, you ever seen the things the, you can do on a pole? It's it's incredible. And have you ever seen like the men do it? Like these really athletic yes. men that can just oh my god. Yeah. yeah. They're just yeah. sticking they're using their arms and sticking horizontally from the pole. Uh-huh. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. It was the best workout I've ever had in my life. I was For in sure. such great shape. Yeah. Same. So. I was so strong up here. My core was all ripped from doing lap dances yep. like over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one I, thing I miss about it. You know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, you want a you want a good uh, workout? Like work at a club that does ten dollar bikini dances because then like guys are like, oh, this is cheap, and they'll just get get them and get them and get them again, and then you're you're just yeah. working that core. Like it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're getting paid for it. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. you're getting paid. It's nice. Uh huh. <laughs> So I want to talk about your sexuality a little bit, if that's okay. So how do you, how do you identify sexually? Chemistry. <laughs> I love it. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, um, you know, there's for myself, uh, well, one, I also don't like labels. If the chemistry is right and I'm attracted to you, then, then, I'm not going to stop it, you know? Yeah. So this, is a, this has been a, a running theme with the past few uh, guests that I've had. Where yeah. It's really, it's really just like, I don't know. I just like people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like, yeah. And I love it so much because it would, you know, I think a lot of people do feel um, to be able to have an identity, to, to be able to point to it and say, this is, you know, this is me. Like it can be helpful in a lot of ways, but I also love imagining a future where it really is like that, where it just doesn't fucking matter at all to like at all to the point where yeah. it's just like people just be fucking who they feel like fucking and nobody even cares. <laughs> I love that concept. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, there's some, you know, so, some people out there, they, they know they want to stick with one gender that's fine. I always say you never know. You never know what's who you're going to meet down the road, you know? Yep. Um, and I've had some really close friends that were men friends of mine and they were like, listen, I'm straight as an arrow, but I can admit when a guy is hot, you know, and who knows, you know, I've tried kissing someone and I just wasn't into it or, you know, yeah. like Absolutely. whatever, but at least they're open to the idea, you know, like, I love that. And again, there, there. Who knows who you're going to meet five years from now? You know, you might meet your soulmate, and you know, done. Yeah. Are you going to say no just because you're like the same gender as me or the opposing genders, whichever? Right. You know, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Those, putting those limitations on yourself or whatever. When yeah, you know, and that's that's the other thing too about uh, labels is that you know when I was probably 15, I identified as one thing, and then when I was 25 it was maybe different and you know it's just like as the years go by I feel more this way and then sometimes I feel more that way and I mean I think we're all yeah. just pretty fluid it's more about accepting that as a fact like accepting that and being okay with right. it and just being open right. to outcome or whatever yeah I mean that's even with um like my sub and my dom I'm a switch yeah, yeah, I like exactly. variety. I like variety, mm -hmm. you know, like, I mm -hmm. don't know if it's because whatever, you know, some some people are strictly a dom or some people are strictly, a, you know, but like, mm -hmm. if that's your thing, that's fine. But accept that other people aren't one thing, you know, yeah, acceptance. Right. Yeah, exactly. and being comfortable, you know, like know who you are. Don't try to yeah. like, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I'm a female, so I can only hook up with men. You know, like, no, try, try that female. You right. think somebody's hot, try it, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why are you putting, again, those limitations on your Limits. Yeah. Right. Like, this is it, y'all. One life. Don't, yeah. like, as long as you're not hurting other people, like, fig, like go have fun. Do what feels right. good. Follow what feels good. Right, right. The worst mm -hmm. thing is regretting something, you know? Like, damn, I should have hooked up with that girl or I should, you know, like... Well, and that's the thing, too, that they say the, the regret at the end of life is never regretting. It's, it's much less about regretting the things you did than it is about regretting the things that you didn't do, that you mm. kept yourself from doing because of societal implications or what your family might think or what your colleagues might think or what people might think. It's like you got to yeah. shut that down because then you're limiting your life, your life experiences, right. your potential for joy. Why would you yeah. limit your potential for joy? <laughs> yeah. The one thing that I've learned the most, I think, this past year of living in an RV is always just live right outside that comfort zone. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, if there's something you want to try to do, do it. You know? Don't, yeah. Yeah. Because there's, I mean, there's so many things that I've done just this past year 
where I'm like, I may not have had the chance to try that. And I would have been like, I've learned so much, you know, I've spoken to so many people and I've done so many things. And it's just when you're constantly trying something a little bit different than your everyday thing, it's so exciting. Yes. Then your life is exciting. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, but you know, you were, you grew up in the eighties, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And so, but there was stigma, there was, uh, implications that were pretty heavy, especially for a young person at about, um, being attracted to same, to same sex, to same gender. Yeah. So was there a moment, uh, in your life where you were, where you realized that and kind of had to contend with it with regards to family and friends and stuff like that? Or like, did you have a coming out moment or not? So my, my first action with another, you know, like work, like non-work related, I was, Hmm. I want to say a sophomore in high school and I had a foursome. So and I'm the one that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was the one that initiated it too. Cause the one girl that was in my class was super hot. So yeah. I, yeah, I, I was the one that planned the whole thing and, um, it was, I was definitely into it. I don't think she was into it as much. Um, it ended up being like a nightmare of a story. We ended up getting matching tattoos uh, but then her family found out about like our involvement and everything, and they moved her out of the school system. Yeah, it was it was rather dramatic. Oh my God, that is dramatic. That's so yeah. sad too. Yeah, yeah. So real quick, when you say foursome, was it four girls? No, two girls and two guys. Okay, so it's a two couples. Yeah, I wanted to hook up with her. Um, I was with. I was still speaking with an ex, like a recent ex. So it was him and his roommate. And, you know, you tell any guy in high school that you're going to bring over two girls. It's. Yeah. It's. (laughs) It's a no brainer. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I kind of used them to get to her, you know, because I didn't want to. Yeah, I don't want to come out and be like, hey, I totally just want to hook up with you. So let's just, yeah, 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 Mm -hmm. let's just all do this together. Yeah. Um, So that was really super fun and exciting. And then when I was a senior, I had a, she was at the time a a female. Um, She's since then changed her gender. Um, Okay. Yeah, but that uh, that would be like a lesbian still for me at that time. Um, yeah, exper- experience. And then I would say my first girlfriend was right after I started dancing. Oh, so, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it just sounds it sounds like the 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 worst part was when the stuff happened with your friend in high school and that her parents sort of like ripped her away from you. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there was, there was many reasons, not just sexual encounter, you know, mm-hmm. like we, we did like a book of acid together. We were you know? really going for that enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had, we, yeah, I was in high school, you know, I did everything. Yeah, of course. So yes. it was, it was an experimental time and fun. Fun time. So, and I, I, you know, I really feel like that's the time. 
I mean, that's yeah. that's the time to kind of experiment. And, you know, hopefully you're not experimenting with like heroin and mainlining meth right. and stuff. But, you know, but you should yeah. be. <laughs> I think it's good to kind of, you know, okay. I mean, you say don't smoke weed till you know you're 18 or 21 or whatever, and your brain's developed. Yeah, you know, yes, of course. But I was, I was under 18, and I was doing this stuff, uh, and look how I turned out. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but But, really, you know, I mean, you do want to try all these things. Yeah, you know, at at that's what teenagers are all about. You know, yes, it, it's experimenting. It, it is playing with identity. It's it's discovering who you are. It's discovering your yeah. identity, and I think of it too as like you know, in my te- late teens and my early twenties, I was going to raves, doing the drugs, like having the fun, and I kind of feel like I I sort of got that stuff out of my system. And so now, yeah. and not that I I'm like don't want to have any more fun, but it is just like you know. I'm too tired to do it all the time. Like, <laughs> and like, I had all these incredible experiences. They shaped and like defined me as a person while I was still young. Yeah. And I can carry that with me as I'm getting older. And, and, you know, and so now it's like something that I do a couple times a year or yeah. stuff like that. And, you know, so I think like if your kid is, doing meth, you know, let's figure that out. But if your kid is, you know, drinking some beers and taking some acid, like, you know, just yeah. trying to figure it out. <laughs> I You have to, because I have, uh, my cousin has kids that are teenagers now, starting to become teenagers. And it's like, uh, I'm, I, love their, I love them as if they're my own, but it's obviously totally different when you're the parent. And yeah, it's it's like you kind of want to give I'm looking at it from the outside being like, I, if yeah. I was a parent, I would want to give them open freedom. And my aunt, my cousin's mother was always you could tell her anything and she would yeah. never get mad. She always, you know, like tried to teach you and help you through whatever you were experiencing, you know, this is so, it. Yes. Yeah, you you why would you want your child to not experience something that they're interested in, whether it be good yeah. or bad, you know? Like, I mean, how many times has like a parent given like a kid like, "Oh yeah, you want to try this beer? Yeah, we're, we'll see. You don't like it cuz what kid likes beer?" or you know, yeah, like it's gross. And you give it to them <laughs> kind of like to see that lemon sucking face, you know, like, yeah. "Oh, I don't, you know." So like, yeah. it's entertain it's entertaining and funny to see that. So like <laughs> let your kid at any age right. still experiment with things and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know what? You got that hangover now, you little shit you, you mm-hmm. know? Like, totally. So but, let and them, it's kind let of them like, grow and be them. It's about the relationship with a with a child. And again, of course, I am on the outside looking in at this, but I was also a child. <laughs> like and yeah, I grew up right. and I remember those things. <laughs> And like I can see a relationship where it's like rather than hiding things and you know obfuscating things and trying to make sure your kid doesn't find out about this or that, it's like they're going to no matter what. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to them about these things, then they'll do them in a smart ways. You know, yeah. if you tell them, "Oh, you you go out and try mushrooms, you're grounded, you're punished right. for try- wanting to have those experiences," and like. Instead, it should be, all right, well, you're going to probably do this anything. We call it harm reduction, right? 
So you're a kid, you're gonna experiment with things. All right, maybe make sure you don't take more than like two grams of mushrooms. Make sure you're drinking right. water and make sure you're in a safe place. Like, that's all I'm gonna ask. Like, can you please be right. smart? Just please be right. smart. Like, that's yeah. it. And and kids are smarter when you give them the knowledge. Right. When you when you just restrict them and tell them, no, don't do any of these things. Well, then they're going to go do them anyways, but without any of the knowledge or the care or the safety, you know. Right. And that's why, like all of this stuff about like, don't teach children about sex ed. Don't teach children like the proper terminology for their parts, things like that. Like all of that is is grooming them actually more towards being victims because they don't Mm -hmm. have the knowledge. It's such a. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> knowledge is power. I mean, it's a yeah. freaking quote, you know, like, yeah, why would you reason. not? <laughs> why would you try to go against that? You know, totally. uh, this is the Bible. But yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, oh my gosh, I feel like we could talk forever. You're amazing, obviously totally in love with you. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> but I've got a couple of awesome questions here from okay. my listeners and fans. So I would love for you to help me answer some of them. Okay. All right. So the first one is going to be from A. How do I figure out what kinds of kinks, fetishes, or BDSM I might be into? Yeah. And that's going to take time. That's going to take, you're not going to figure that out overnight. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Um, I would start off with sensual play, get feathers, get ice cubes, get something warm, really go from head to toe with, it's called, yeah, it's called, uh, I was actually just doing this at the DomCon convention. It's called body mapping. And actually, me and you, me and you did uh, similar to this when uh, when we did our threesome, and we went from head to toe, talking oh, about talk- what we like. Yeah, talking about what you like and what you don't like. So you know, you'd start with different pressure, and you know, like run your your nails down, and then maybe do it a little bit harder, and then a little bit harder, and no, like, do you like soft touch? Do you like hard touch? Um, does he and you know? temperature do anything for you and then once you have that down then you can do like maybe some light bondage i i would always pay for the professional you know (laughs) like have somebody when you're coming down to like bondage or any type of like safety issues it it is better to talk to somebody who's experienced so Mm -hmm. if you're in a couple with somebody you could do a couples session with somebody. Or like a workshop or something, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, FetLife is a great website that people, like a lot of kinksters are on, and there's little like groups and stuff that you can go on and learn different things there. Definitely start, you know, lighter and work mm-hmm. your way up, and you really have to know your body. Yeah. So th- the sensual play, I think, is important to start off to know like the different like I said, do you like hard pressure, soft pressure, temperature changes, spanking? Yeah. Do you like it hot? Do you like it, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think like with spanking, maybe start light. And and the thing, the thing here too, wraps into what you're talking about is that communication in between. So you're asking mm-hmm. as you go down as the body mapping, you know, maybe you're like pulling hair, like, do you like this? Do you like the way this feels? Or does right. it, you know, trigger you? Maybe it's not for you. Like, 
uh, I think so many people, especially these days, are like jumping right into choking. And choking, as Dan Savage would say, is a varsity level kink. Like that, that's some stuff where you can make someone pass out, uh, you can kill them. So, yeah, you, you know, give them brain damage. Uh huh. And so it's kind of like, don't just jump into choking right away. But if you want right. to feel like you're being dominated or like you're being dominant, just place your hand on their throat or like on their chest or like just put it there. Don't squeeze. Mm -hmm. Don't press. Just hold it there. And just that can give you that feeling of domination. Um, right. Something I, I like doing. I like doing to my partners and I like having done to me. But personally, I don't like being choked. I don't like that mm -hmm. wind pipe crushing feeling. So, yeah. But again, when you're talking about that stuff, it is so about that communication because talking about being triggered again, like that can really fuck with somebody. So right. you want to be talking about all that stuff. Um, but I love that idea of what you're saying is like, start with that soft stuff, that simple stuff, that easy, easier stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Like if you just like, maybe not rope, don't start with rope, but get a pair of cuffs. Right. And then yeah. with cuffs, you can attach them to something. And it's, so it's or easy, even simple. the, um, not even just cuffs because you have to worry about a key, but you could get the, um, no, 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 not, not handcuffs, like wrists. Oh, like those okay. Nice leather, but, yeah. Like, yeah. Those like and like buckle. belts and straps. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And then actually what else I thought about, uh, two other things I thought about with this question. So the first one is like, Step one, find this movie Secretary with James Spader and Jay, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Came out in 2001, I believe. Have you not seen it, Autumn? I have not oh seen this. This is like kinkster fucking... Uh, and I, I watched a video about it recently and I was like, I need to watch this movie again. I've seen it like a handful of times, but it, especially when, I, when it first came out and I was like 17 or 18 and I watched that movie with my girlfriend in the theater and I was just like, this movie gets me <laughs> like, <laughs> cause it's uh, briefly, I'll say it. it's about a girl, a, a young woman and she struggles with cutting like self mutilation stuff. And so she has some internal, you know, problems and traumas and she is trying to get work and she gets hired by James Spader, who is like a lawyer. And they get into this oh, this kinky relationship and he's like spanking her and you know i would not say like oh james spader is a sex symbol but like in this fucking movie like it makes me wet it is so nice. hot it's, it's so well done and it does talk about how bdsm or, or kink can be this cathartic um like release or yeah, like a work through of trauma, a work through of yeah. trauma. And so I feel like it's just a great place to start to be looking into kink at all. Cause it's very light. It's the kink okay. aspect of it, you know? Um, but just sexy and erotic. And um, so it's just like, start with that, watch that movie. Yeah. See how it makes you feel. And then, yeah. And then look at some kinky porn. So don't yeah. go to the front page of Pornhub. Find <laughs> <laughs> the good stuff. But, you know, like you could look up Autumn Bodell's clip stores. You could look up some yes. stages, kinky, you know, clips. And, yes. um, 
and see what stuff is turning you on. Um, think about the stuff, even just looking at pictures. Like I knew I was in right. because when I was looking at stuff on the internet in high school, uh, it was too slow and new yeah. to watch videos. So I couldn't watch this hardcore porn videos that everyone's got access to now, but I would look at photos of like girls in bondage and lesbians, you know, tied up, like eating each other out or whatever. And I was just like, okay, yes, that's really hot. That's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you can take that to bed with you and masturbate and Mm -hmm. see what, see what kind of like pops up because yeah that's what will happen. Your, your brain yeah. will go to the things that are sexy and erotic to you and the right. things that like stand out the most. And right. then you can bring that to partners and you can say, what if we try playing around with this, you know, non-vanilla right. stuff. And from there you can graduate, right. To different, yeah, that's different great. levels. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. always what you're, what you're thinking about when you're masturbating. That's, that's what's turning it. you on. Yep. And that's how you know your thing. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. Don't don't feel like guilty for what's popping into your head. Like it's all as long as it's in your head, doesn't hurt other people. It's you're fine. Right. Don't don't hurt other people. (laughs) Um, Okay, so this next question, uh, I'm excited about this one. It's a little bit more about us sort of as um, with the work that we do. So Okay. It's this one's from C and they say, as someone who works a nine to five type of job, I would love to know what a typical day, week, month, et cetera, would be like in your life, as well as in the life of, you know, your guests on the show. Is it preferred to do more than one scene in a day? Is any sensation or pleasure lost or gained by doing multiple scenes in a day? My thought would be that a second scene in a day is less intimate. So that, yeah. What what do you think about that? Um. So, as far as like, do you? Well, I don't think the net, the second scene is less intimate. It could even be more intimate, mm-hmm. um, because you're you're more familiar with each other's body. Or I know my second orgasm is usually fucking intense. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. As far as fetish type stuff, if I'm being tickled too much, I do lose yeah. the sensation with that. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yes, it loses. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some spots that are just, uh, I, I'm going to lose my shit no matter how often you touch it. But there are yeah. other body parts that like after after a few minutes of tickling, I'm just like, okay, move somewhere else because this just yeah. doesn't tickle anymore. <laughs> exactly. I think the side note, but I think that's the thing about tickling in general. So if your fetish is tickling, make sure you're not tickling the person you're tickling in the same spot for too long. You have to move yeah. on because your body just does get used to it. Yeah. 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 But as far <laughs> as my, my vagina, no, I, <laughs> that clit is, I'm a, I usually come from my clit. So, yes. um, that like, that can just be over and over. I think I came one time, 32 times in one film. Oh my God. Autumn, you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, the producer actually shut, like cut it sooner than he wanted to. He was like, you're cause I had to drive home afterwards and he was like, you need to drink a bottle of water before you get in the car. Because it was a bondage forced orgasm thing. So, or yes. 
co- coerced orgasm. And it's okay. um, you can say, that. yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't clips for sale. <laughs> but yeah, I was tied up and that Hitachi was yeah. you know strapped to me and yep. literally, literally yep. over 30 times. So Yeah. So for me, I know we're going a little off topic now, but for me when when it's like that, because I've done ones like that too, or like cam shows or whatever where it's just strapped right there, or the person I'm camming too is like leave it there do it harder and i'm like okay but it's already so like as i'm coming with the hitachi it's so hard to like stop yeah (laughs) yeah i know we did it together yes (laughs) (laughs) that's right oh man it's it and it may like I that thing makes me lose my fucking mind but when it when it's like that when it stays on and then it's it's over and over and over and over again I've had yeah. experiences where it feels like it kind of blows out my clit for a while like yeah like I've had an experience where it's over and over and over and over and, over and I couldn't come for a month like with yeah. the Hitachi with a toy like there's a whole month that I couldn't have an orgasm and I was like I was like okay do I have to go to the doctor? Like, I got to get this back somehow. Like, <laughs> she showed back up again, but it was like, uh, you know, I was a little nervous. That thing yeah. is really intense. Um, yeah. I, be, I feel like you got to be careful with it. It's not fun. But yeah, so that's that's a good perspective. Um, and so, for example, I just went to L.A. and I did I, five scenes in three days. So there were two days where I was doing two scenes. The only reason why the first one is more difficult for me is because I'm not a morning person. And so sometimes I feel like the second one is like maybe a little bit easier just because I've got the blood flowing and my brain's working. But I would say that, you know, just using this last trip as an example, like every scene I did was fucking outstanding. It's, It's way less about the amount of work I'm doing in a day than it is about like the chemistry I'm having with the other performer, you know? Right. And if yeah. they're, they come to me and they're bringing their a game, then like, I don't care if I already did a scene or not, like we're going to meet each other's energy and it's going to be great. So for sure. Yeah. Like once that camera's on and the scene starts, it's like, I really just fall right into it. What's going on there. And it's all about yeah. that. Yeah, There's been so. times I've been like physically injured in some way, shape or form. And then like once that camera starts rolling, like yes. that pain goes away. You're just yeah. focused in your what you're supposed to do and you have mm-hmm. fun doing it, you know? Yes. Uh, so yeah. Disney Pixar came out with this amazing film. It's one of my favorite of all time called Soul. And a, a running theme of that is something called the zone. Like when you're doing your art and you're in the zone. Okay. And that's kind of what it's like, because it's like, like you're saying, if there was a pain or a discomfort or something um, from beforehand, it just, yeah, all of that falls away and you're just in the fucking zone. And, yeah. And, you yeah. know, when, it, when when it's cut and the scene's over, it might all come rushing back, but then you're then right. you've got that globe. And you have that afterglow of like, oh, I just made something really great, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, personally, I think that that I don't think there's any sensation or pleasure that's lost or gained by, um, you know, and sometimes when it's, you know, us as uh, creators getting together, we, we often shoot multiple different things in a day. Like if I am taking yeah. custom videos... I've had stuff where I've gotten like five custom videos for a girl who's coming over and like, we're shooting those all day. Now they're not all 
sex scenes. They're not all orgasm right. scenes. It, it'll be like maybe a tickling thing and a cunt busting thing and a yeah whatever. Like and then a sex scene too. And it's like you, I usually save the sex scene for the last if if that's what we're doing, mm-hmm. or we're doing like some face sitting stuff or whatever. Yeah, I just I don't think anything's lost unless um, unless I am working with performers who are the type who like wake up naturally at. 5.30 in the morning and by, by, the, by the time it's, you know, five in the evening, they're already like falling asleep. Yeah. I just, I just had to come to the realization, like I can't work with right. those people. Or like we could shoot one or two clips at that sweet spot right. in the middle of the day. But like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, it yeah. does not work for me, but. I'll shoot as many as I can, as long as it's, you know, conducive yeah. to my schedule, you know? Yeah. And getting good content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the first part of the question was kind of like, what does our typical like day, week, month look like? Um, uh, I think that's an interesting question too. Um, because we don't Where's my calendar? Where's yeah, my calendar? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just you when you start, I mean, there's not even like a start. It's like you just you get phone calls, you get text messages, you get emails you coordinate stuff with other people and you just look at your calendar and you pick a day and you put it there. So now that's on that day. And then you have to, you know, coordinate that with your normal life too, like doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, all the other shit you got to take care of in your life. Those have days too. So it can be, and then you want to do do fun stuff also. I mean, it can be very overwhelming and like making your own schedule and being your own boss is you know for me and for for people like us i think is like a huge reason why we are in this industry so we have the control we have all the control over like what we do with our lives when we do it i mean to me that's just the peak like i am the one who controls my own life i love it but that being said it's very challenging to not have someone just that says you're coming here on this day and you're working from this time to this time and and you're going home yeah. <laughs> and this is what you're doing when you're here. Like, like there is something to having someone else tell you how to do stuff. <laughs> here. It's easier. Yeah. You know, it like is. when I had my yeah. welding job, I was like, you mean I don't have to take work home with me? You know, right. like, like the idea so. of like going to work, doing the work, coming home and being done with the work. Like that's crazy. Breathtaking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you mean I'm not going to get an email at 12 o'clock at night? What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then even though I should be sleeping, I'm going to answer it because that's just like my brain won't let me like not do that. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, like there, th- so that's, I mean, I guess the main answer to that question is kind of like there isn't really a typical day. Uh, right. Every day could be anything, but I'd say our days, like if it's a non-shooting day, it will involve, for, for me, it's like a long morning where I'm going to drink my coffee. I'm going to sit on my patio, maybe read a book, maybe like catch up on some social media type advertising stuff. And then at some point, you know, I'll, I'll make myself something to eat. And then uh, I'll get on the computer and it's answering emails. It's it's scheduling shoots. It's um, yeah. coordinating with other models. It's booking flights. It's, I mean, it, all of that. And then I'll finish being on there for five, six hours. And I still have unopened emails that I'm just like, well, this is the stuff that can wait a little bit. Right. Right. 
I'll open it and then I'll mark it as unread. Yep. That's girl. Yeah. I got an inbox yeah. full of marked as unread. And then yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> and then on a shoot day, it's it's like get up, get the coffee, take a shower, uh, do the skincare, on. do the yeah. hair stuff, do the makeup. And I mean that's that's in a multi-hour process for me. Um, and then we have the lights set up and I'm coordinating with my partner and I've got the scripts pulled up and we'll, we're, you know, um, if we're shooting customs, we're doing that all day. And then when we're done with that, it's like, I'm not going anywhere near the computer because I am mentally exhausted. Right. And, and then it's like, okay, well, what's going on tomorrow? Get ready for that. Like, yeah. So yeah. that's pretty much it. And like, if you're talking about a typical month, you're looking at a calendar that's just like almost every day there's something Oh, they're every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I have, if I want a free day, I have to like mark that in the calendar and be like, don't put something on this day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's just, that's doing what we do, but it's also just uh, working for yourself. And so it's nice. Lots of positives and negatives, but yes. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much for helping me answer those questions. Loving, love to get your perspective. And you have just been such a wonderful guest and uh, really, really happy with everything we Aww. talked about. Me yeah, too. Me too. You are too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I cannot wait for you to come here to yes. our new place in Illinois. And um, yeah, we'll continue to make some fun and awesome content. And uh, yeah. Speaking so- of... Speaking of what we do with our daily schedule. So I'll be in that area probably around August. Let's go. <laughs> we'll put Perfect. it on our calendar. Yeah. We will. And that's what I tell people too. People like hit me up and they'll be like, oh, I'm going to be around your area next week. And I'm like, oh, dude, why? You should have told me that four weeks ago. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. I'm Everything's actually, a month in advance. Yep. Minimum a month. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. So. But um, but it's been just so wonderful. And can you please you. tell all of our listeners where they can find all of your fun and awesome stuff? So I have um, a free site called autumnbodell.com. Uh, you can go on there to most of it's just like my Twitter and then ways to contact me. Um, I have a calendar page there that you can subscribe to, too, and it'll tell you whenever I'm coming to you, an area near you. Um, and that's for free. Uh, Twitter is autumnbodell or autumnbodell. I also have an autumnbodell.com, but I don't use that one. It's like my backup. <laughs> um, Instagram is just always changing, but autumnbodell <laughs> underscore again. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And then FetLife. So, so just FetLife uh, is autumnbodell. Autumnbodell. Autumn yeah. Yeah. All, yeah, all, all the over the place. Yeah. Onlyfans.com slash Autumn Bodell. Oh, yep. Onlyfans, loyal fans. Um, I have three clips for sale stores. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to start either a many vids or an I want clips. Um, do both, girl. Do both. Yeah, I, I may do both. And I, I think I already have, I, I, I want clips. I think I already have because occasionally I'll get an email from that one. I believe it is saying that I got money, but it's, it's, you know, like one clip sells. (laughs) I I really have to start working that angle more. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you got to hustle those stores to keep the the money going in. But once you do, yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Awesome. So all things Autumn Bodell, just type that in and please go and support her and the work that she does and buy directly from her so she can keep, 
putting around the U.S. in your awesome RV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to everyone else, thank you so, so much for listening. It means everything. Please share it with the people that you know. Get the word out. Um, we want more more listens and more downloads and just trying to grow. And we also want your questions. We always answer a few questions at the end of every episode. So please, if you have something you've always wondered about porn or the porn industry, that's a great question to ask me. Uh, if you have questions about sex, relationships, anything like that, my porn star friends and I have, um, my sex worker friends and I have a, a different outlook and a more enlightened view of sexuality and relationships. So if you would like answers and advice uh, coming from our point of view, please write your question in an email and send it to sinsagepodcast at gmail.com. Of course, you spell sin with two N's, sinsagepodcast at gmail.com. And you can find all things Sin Sage at sin-sage.com. I'm on all the socials as well. I'm either Sin Sage or Real Sin Sage. Please join my TikTok. It's brand new and I want more followers on TikTok <laughs> at, Real, at Real Sin Sage. And thank you again so much for listening. And thank you so much, Autumn, for being with us. And uh, everybody. Thank you. Just... Oh, by the way, happy birthday. So you go out thank there. Thank you. Enjoy your beautiful birthday and everyone else Yay. get out there and live authentically. Thank you.